So can eating a hot dog reduce your lifespan by 36 minutes? This is a Healthier Michigan podcast, episode 135. And coming up, we're going to explore a recent study that suggests there is a tie between how certain foods may impact our lifespan by the minute. Welcome to a Healthier Michigan podcast. It's a podcast that's dedicated to navigating how we can all improve our health and well-being through small, healthy habits that we can all start implementing right now. I'm your host, Chuck Gatica. Every other week, we sit down with a certified health expert and we discuss topics of nutrition and fitness and a lot more. And on this episode, we're going in deep on food choices and how they literally could weigh in and weigh in differently and impact your lifespan. This is really intriguing, and it could be something that impacts our lifespan by the minute. With us today, registered dietitian for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan is Shanti Apello. Shanti, good to see you again. Good to see you. You know, with all of your background and your master's in uh, public health and nutrition, and I just know you from episodes we've done in the past, you're the last face I would imagine as going for the hot dog. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? Do you eat them? I am not a huge hot dog fan, uh. but... I feel like if you're at a ballpark, you need to have one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I was at a two-year-old birthday party over this past weekend, and I had one. So now here we are recording you know, this idea about this study that's come out from U of M, and I'm thinking, man, I better shovel the oatmeal and try to make up for lost ground from what I did over the weekend. But that's kind of what we're focusing on, this study that came out from the University of Michigan that talks about how certain foods could impact our lifespan which is really intriguing. And of course, this will get a lot of chatter because they're literally attaching minute by minute counts to certain foods that could be helpful in our health or maybe detrimental. So for instance, we're talking about hot dogs, but here's this idea that you could reduce a healthy life and maybe even your lifespan by 36 minutes if you consume a hot dog. Conversely, they say if you eat nuts, didn't say salted or not, but generally probably not, you could increase your lifespan by 26 minutes. Are you buying this idea that we can get this down to the minute like this? You know, I think the biggest take-home message from a study like this is that in the grand scheme of things, yeah, you know, these consistent behaviors is what's going to make a difference. It kind of reminds me of these cigarette studies. You've probably heard in the past, like having one cigarette is going to decrease your life by 11 minutes, right? There's a study in 2000 where they did a study and the life expectancy of smokers was 10 years less than those who were non-smokers. So, you know, in this study, the researchers did say this, you know, is kind of a crude calculation, right? There's a lot of factors that go into this, like things that you do in your lifespan. It ignores, you know, whether someone's cigarette usage is constant over time and all these things. But it does put the high cost of smoking into something that everyone can understand. We understand minutes of our life, right? And in this study, they actually looked at how much life lost was 11 minutes, like a phone call to a friend. So then a pack of 20 cigarettes was then a long film, like watching the Titanic or two football matches. And then a carton of 200 cigarettes was 1.5 days. So a visit to see family. So they were just trying to put this into things that we could understand. And I think that's really what this study is hitting, right? We've heard time and time again that eating processed meats and having too much saturated fat, consuming too much sodium, all these things leads to a shorter lifespan or contributes to a shorter lifespan, maybe because it increases our risk 
for cancers, certain disease, things like that. So it's just putting something into things that we understand, I think. Well, and you know, you've talked about balance before. So if balance is that I happen to have, and I don't really eat hot dogs that often, so I had this one over the weekend, so we better hurry up with our recording <laughs> session. You never know. Stuff could happen. But if it's balanced by me eating really well on either side of that, is it really just a drop in the ocean that I had one hot dog in six months? You know, my gut feeling tells me, yes, I'm okay, right? Yeah. Yeah. And in the grand scheme of things, let's say the average life expectancy in the United States, the last available data was 2021. It was about 76 years for both genders. In the grand scheme of things, you know, 26 minutes is not a lot in 76 years. But then there's also so many different factors that play into that. We have family history. You know, genetics play a huge component into certain disease states. We also have so many different needs as individuals when it comes to different nutrients and how different nutrients affects us. And some of that's a mystery, right? So it's just so complicated. But I do like this idea of understanding that these small things, if you're consistently consuming hot dogs, like one a day for the rest of your life, that definitely is going to have a big impact. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. We've got a friend who is turning 99 years old. And I asked her several years ago, I said, so what's your secret? And she said, well, I don't know. I mean, I smoked half my life and I like having a diet pop every day. And so admittedly, she quit smoking, you know, and for her that you're talking over 40, 50 years ago. But DNA obviously must play into her life and other healthy regimens, right? So part of this is very contextual based on are you stressed while you're eating processed foods, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I do find this interesting, but generally the broad brush that I see from the study, like you're saying, avoid processed foods and meats when possible, but also increase that intake of the stuff you've talked about before, you know, fruits and vegetables, legumes, some fish, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Because when it comes down to it, these behaviors that we do over time are going to make the biggest impact. I think as people, we like to see quick results. You know, let's just say you have an infection and it's a bacterial infection and you go to the doctor, you get an antibiotic, you take it for 10 days and it's cleared up. That's really nice, right? Right. But when it comes to just feeling better, when it comes to preventing disease and things like that, those take a little bit more time. And so that's what it's difficult to conceptualize. I think we've heard these recommendations, right, time and time again, like, oh, eat these fruits and vegetables, eat nuts and seeds, eat omega-3 in, in your fish, things like that. But I think what is really interesting about this study is that it puts it into actual measures that we can understand. So did you see other numbers attached to things outside of what I've referenced, nuts and hot dogs? Are you seeing other numbers that tell us, you know, don't go there because it could detract a lot of time from your life? Well, so what was interesting about this study is that they actually looked at both how foods impact the human body, but also the environment. So they were looking at different indicators to measure, for example, how certain food choices impact global warming, climate change, things like that. So there's a little bit more to it, right? But in the grand scheme of things, they did look at things that impact human health. So, for example, in the top category, it was red and processed meats. It's, you know, ultra processed foods in general. And then on the flip side, on the green side of things, it was, you know, legumes, nuts and seeds. But if we dive into the environmental piece of it, too, a lot of these are consistent with each other. So things that they recommend us consuming less of, these red and processed meats like hot dogs, is also not great for the environment. 
And there's a few different reasons for this. So, for example, to raise beef, we're using a lot of greenhouse gas emissions. It takes a lot of water use and it takes a lot of land use. So there's so many different ways in which how our food choices can influence the environment through those. So that, you know, falls straight in line with those that impact human health. So in my mind, in your mind as a nutritionist, do you not have some kind of a line that divides the notion between red meat? I mean, if I get a good piece of meat, beef, or a bison burger or something, obviously there's environmental impact, but there's also environmental impact in me drinking almond milk because of all the water it takes to grow almonds, right? So there's always going to be that trade-off, but yeah. isn't there a difference between a good piece of meat, if you're inclined to eat meat, versus processed meat? Isn't there a difference there? Yeah. So the ultra-processed meats certainly have other components to them that make them unhealthy. So you think of the nitrates and nitrites, you think of the sodium that's added to them versus something that's plain beef, right? So there's definitely something to that. I think whenever we think of, you know, these changes, whether it's things that we want to cut down on or things that we want to include more, making them into these changes that we can kind of check off as a list is what's going to be the most helpful. Because if we decide, you know, to run a marathon in one day or cut our calories in half, that's a huge change. So if we're looking at adding these foods to our lives, for example, we can say, okay, I'm going to have one serving of this extra per day, or I'm going to limit my processed food intake to twice a week, because that's something we can really divide out and think, okay, I've had my hot dog once this week, I can afford one more, right? Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing I think about, and I guess it comes back to balance, this idea relative to the environment, is if you lean too hard into any one particular kind of food, you could also set yourself up for issues as healthy as the food sounds. For instance, what's the word for somebody who eats fish? Pescatarian, right? If you lean into eating fish all the time, you'd have to be a bit concerned. I mean, eating it three to five times a week. Are you getting food with mercury in it? Are you getting pesticides? Are, you know, where is your, what's your fish source, right? So it seems like this idea of balance and talking about the environment can be everything from getting fish out of a river to the quality of the soil and how farmers and all of us can do, be depleting that. And then we have to add chemicals and pesticides, you know? So to me, this idea of being connected to the environment is a big question that has so many off-ramps, but they're all good to think about, right? It is. And it takes a lot of learning. And like you said, it just depends on your own diet and what you need to learn about that really applies to you. I think though, specifically, if we're thinking about things that the study mentioned. So little things that you can do. If I were to say three nutrients that you should try to focus on in your life, it would be number one, fiber foods, because it impacts so many different parts of your body. It's good for your heart health. It's good for your gut health. And our gut is connected to so many different parts of our body. So it can positively impact our brain. It can positively impact our gut. It can reduce our risk for so many different cancers and um, diseases later down the road. So that would be the first thing. And really good fiber sources are going to be things like chickpeas, raspberries, avocados, so many different categories of that. And then foods with omega-3s because it is so important for brain health. So obviously we know fatty fish is rich in omega-3, but you can also get it from things like walnuts and flax seeds, things like that. And then the final one is going to be berries because berries are so rich, not only in that fiber, but also so many antioxidants that can be protective over time. So the three things, fiber, berries, omega-3. 
Well, and all of that is good stuff. And here we are. Our podcast episode is actually dropping a couple days after the 4th of July. So we get some barbecuing out of the way. But in Michigan, if you're even if you're going on a weekend gallivant up north, we're going to be seeing more and more farm stands. The corn is coming in, right? Michigan Cherry Festival. I mean, there's so much that's great about Michigan between now and fall that uh, we can get some stuff that literally can be farmed to table without us having to have the farm in the backyard, right? Yeah, definitely. And you make a good point there, too, for the environmental piece, because the less our food has to travel, the less of a carbon footprint that is. So I think that's good. So another thing about the study that I thought was interesting is that they highlighted a few foods that we should include more of, both for our health and the environment. So field-grown fruits and vegetables was one of them. So field-grown versus greenhouse-grown, which means generally they're going to use some kind of heat, and that's the environmental piece of it. So four to five servings of fruits and vegetables a day is the recommendation. For legumes, that's another category that they recommended, and that kind of falls in with nuts and, for example, something like the DASH diet, which is you know rated time and time again, one of the best diets, but four to five servings a week. Actually, what's interesting is that the MIND diet, which is a diet created specifically to prevent dementia, Alzheimer's, just positively impact your brain, suggests eating uh, nuts five times a week. And I think, don't you have to be careful with that idea? Because, you know, if you're, it's one thing to be at the Super Bowl party. You know, we all may do a little more of the munching than we should. But nuts also have a lot of fat. So isn't there a balance to even eating nuts that you've got to watch out for? Yeah, because when we think about fat, nine calories per gram in fat. So that can add up really quickly, especially when you're eating like little nuts, it adds up. So about 17 almonds is a serving. Is that right? That's a serving, 17. Yes. <laughs> and an almond would be, am I wrong? That's a less fatty kind of nut than a cashew or something else. So yeah, walnuts are a little heavier in fat, cashews as well, but yeah. And then the final one that they uh, recommended in the study to include more of was uh, low environmental impact seafood. So basically, you know, we recommend consuming fish twice a week to get that omega-3. And so they just recommended being conscious of where that fish is coming from, kind of what you hinted towards earlier. So there are certain certifications you can look for on fish, but basically it's a certification that involves things like fishing practices that avoids overfishing, uses less distance once you are, you know, selling the fish, fuel use, and then refrigerants whenever they're actually fishing. So anyways, something to keep in mind. Fish twice a week, nuts five times a week, four to five fruits and vegetables a day. But you know, there are so many things that I think they're encouraging us to eat that it, of all the things you've talked about, so much goodness is wrapped up in some very little packages like black beans. I mean, you're, you're going to get water, fiber, some protein. I mean, you don't think of you know black beans or any other kind of bean as being something that adds protein, but there you go. So you can actually get a lot of the goodness in some of the stuff that's a buck a can, right? Maybe less on sale. And really stretch out your salads or whatever you're doing for your main meal, including your protein. Yeah, and a lot of minutes to your life, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and there's this other thing that seems to me that this study talks about lifespan. But the other thing that's become more important to me and maybe to you too is this idea that I want to have, and I'm hoping, God willing, a long lifespan, right? But I also want to have a health span that kind of extends so that those things come together so What's a good example? Betty White, right? She gets to 99 and apparently had really good 98 and a half years, right? So her health span 
kind of did equal her lifespan. And I think that's the new thing, because if you're eating a lot of stuff that makes you feel sick or produces asthma or, you know, doesn't do you good, you don't want to have 15 to 20 last years of your life as bad one. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And that's one of my motivators for wanting to eat as healthy as possible. Personally, it's I want to feel good in my everyday activities. If it's easier to go up the stairs and take out the trash and things like that, that's great. And then if I feel better after a meal, if I'm able to sleep better because I'm not feeling so heavy and all of those things because sleep flows into so many different parts of my life. But there's really something to that. The quality of life is going to be improved by doing these little things for yourself. You talked about portion size, you know, with your palm and the 17 almonds. Is there anything else for portion size we we really have control over? You know, if we go to a restaurant, we may get a even if we're doing ourselves well and our mind's getting a nice salmon salad, we don't really have control of the portion short of not eating at all. But generally, is there anything else relative to portion control we should consider? Well, I think one thing is that recognizing that everyone's portion sizes is different and our needs are so different, right? So what's a serving to me might, you know, be a different serving to you. But Something to keep in mind uh, whenever you're designing these serving sizes for yourself is to meet some of these recommended intakes. So, for example, protein, calculating your needs for protein and making sure you're getting enough throughout the day so that you're feeling energized, you're feeling your muscles are supported and you're staying full throughout the day. So usually that's going to be about four to six ounces of something like salmon or chicken or meat. Definitely on the higher side for someone who is a larger male versus a small female, right? And then Something too with the fruits and vegetables, size of your fist, that's a good amount to shoot for. So if you're trying to have breakfast in the morning, you've prepared your bowl of oatmeal, you're adding some berries, aim for that fist size to add to that. That's good. And I and I think right now it's so easy to find so many great things. My wife came home with a, a little box, a mini box of nectarines the other day. Just a huge home run. Just the best tasting stuff ever. And in the summer. Yeah. I think that's a fun thing though too, like if you're trying to incorporate more of these nutrients into your life to overall feel better and live longer, right, is making it fun, going to experiment, see if you like things. I love going to stores that have cultural foods that I haven't been exposed to before. So there's a Japanese grocery store. I like to go to a Korean grocery store. And both of those places always have fruits that I've never tried. And I'm always interested in just seeing, oh, this is something I'm going to love. But, you know, just find ways to make it fun for yourself. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm, I've got my own, I think we talked about this last time or previous episode. I've started my own little container garden on the deck and I've got more bib lettuce. It's coming. And I, I've got cherry tomatoes, which are flowering, but I haven't gotten them yet. But I've got, you know, like parsley. I don't even know how to eat that much parsley that's coming <laughs> now, you know. Got to make you some chimichurri, yeah. Wait, what's that? So chimichurri is kind of a herb mixture like you can use parsley and cilantro combine it with a ton of lime juice and olive oil and spices blend it up in a food processor and you've got like a beautiful topping for meat fish all kinds oh of okay good yeah well, you give me an idea because literally this one is uh it's the plant that just keeps on giving it seems like i'm out there with the scissors and i turn around and it's back again <laughs> i don't know it's just there another thing you can do is freeze them in a Ziploc bag, I always have a gallon-sized freezer bag where I add all my herbs that I know are about to go bad or I have excess of, and then eventually I'll make a stock out of it. Oh, that's great. That's a good idea. Yeah. Anything else that's jumping off the page to you? Well, I think whenever it comes to these small changes, right, we've seen the CDC recommendations, we've seen the recommendations from all these organizations, 
to consume more vegetables, to do this and this and that. So I think here is a reminder just to think about your why in all of this, like you were saying. Is it independence as you grow older? Is it, you know, playing with your grandkids? Is it feeling better every day? Is it sleeping better? Just always check in on your why for these things and for the environment. That's a huge one for me. I'm constantly thinking about the way that I'm purchasing food and choosing foods so that, you know, my impact on the environment can be less, hopefully. But checking in on that and making little checklists for yourself of things that you want to do that week that are reasonable is the biggest thing here and really why I think this study is so eye-grabbing because it's these small changes that you can do to make a big difference after a while. And the what's your why thing is so important from a a business world standpoint. We don't typically use this phrase reverse engineering in life, but in general, our personal human life. But I think that that's the way I've come to look at things is I'm asking, what's my why? You know, I look at pictures of my family on the, I don't know, on the wall somewhere. And I think, well, that's the answer. That's my why. And to your point, I'm reverse engineering. How do I get to the point where when I'm 80, I'm still there, right? Yeah. And so then I'm starting to make changes in my own life that help me get to that point. So that's really great advice. Yeah. And I think with all of this, as we're thinking about the minutes, don't beat yourself up if you have little things. In the grand scheme of things, there are so many other factors that play into our life expectancy, right? Than just eating a single hot dog. So just keep that in mind. But it's the things that we do every day. Man, okay, this is great. <laughs> yeah, I'm just happy now because I did have one and, it, it, you know. <laughs> and I think for everyone who's listening too, we're all different age groups. So I think, you know, as we're thinking about adding foods to our lives, subtracting foods for our lives, it doesn't matter when you start. You can always make a difference for the better. Sure, it's more beneficial to start the younger you are, but if you start something today, whether you're 30, 50, or 70, you you can make a positive impact. Yeah, that's great. Any last tips as we wrap things up here? I think it's important to become better informed of your food. I think we kind of dug into a little bit of the environmental piece, but just do some research and figure out kind of your own footprint there. Well, it's good to see you. Thanks. Yeah, thanks so much. Shanti Apello is a registered dietitian for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. We're glad you're with us, and thanks for listening to a Healthier Michigan podcast. It's brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. If you like the show, you want to know more, jump online. You can check us out at a healthiermichigan.org slash podcast. You can always leave us a review or a rating at Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can follow us on social at Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, all the usual places. And you can get old episodes, new episodes to take with you on your summer gallivanting and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or your favorite podcast app. I'm Chuck Gatica. Be well.